Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. Can we give God thanks for how he's in the room today? And Come on. We have, we have people who are tuning in from around the world. If you would remain standing, please. Uh, we had probably close to 20,000 people who tuned in for our revival service last Sunday night. Can we give those folks a God bless you wherever they're watching from? I, I want to go ahead and receive the offerings and I just ask you to remain standing because I'm going to go ahead and preach but uh, this is the atmosphere that you want to give in this is an atmosphere that you want to sow in how many of you believe that Calvary is not just good ground what God is doing here it's great ground it's amazing Uh, there's going to be training for those interested in serving in our foster care ministry it's going to be today at 1230 in the kids center and lunch will be provided If you're my first time guest, I'm so honored that you're here. Pastor Don and I intend on going to the back and meeting everybody, but if you'll just tap guest in uh, the comments online or if you would pull out your phone and you would text us or you can fill out a card. Everything that comes in uh, in the way of guests, we we give $5 to foster care ministry and it's amazing. Uh, Glow's coming up. Any women in the house excited about Glow? But uh, one of the things I want to tell you is this. Come on, ushers, get ready. In atmospheres like this, I believe that God is pouring blessings in the house and favor in the house. And I would invite you into this moment of giving. Many of you are still giving your uh, first fruits, and I want to say thank you. But many of you have sown into this miracle called revival. Anybody grateful for the revival that's sitting in this house? Uh, And it's on all eight of our campuses. So you by live stream, if you would give and sow, and then I'm going to preach, but I want you to hold up your gifts before the Lord. If you're not a tither, you ought to be. And You say, well, Pastor Ray, I don't believe in paying my tithe. Neither do I. I don't pay my tithe. I give my tithe. I, I pay my taxes. Can I get a witness? I said, I pay my taxes. I give to God. So hold that up before the Lord. You by live stream do the same. Father, thank you. How can we say thank you enough? Thank you for this move. Thank you for this house. Thank you for all eight campuses. Bless your people as they give. Lord, I pray that you would bless those that are sowing online. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. While you're standing, let's look at Solomon 5 2. I'm beyond thankful for the revival that's in this room. I'm thankful for how God is moving in so many places. How about you? It's amazing to see. But I'm hungry for more. We've had well over 100 people saved since this revival has started. We've baptized probably over 100 people, counting our campuses, many more than that. We had 200 people sign up for freedom classes. Come on, give God a shout for that. And tonight, revival will continue, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. But I feel like preaching today. Anybody ready for the Word? Are you hungry? I'm going to tell you I feel like today was the tipping point. We would either go forward in revival and invite God in for more, or we would say, you know what, we've had enough. But how many of you could say, Apostle, I've not had enough. I want more of God. Come on. Come on, make a little noise in your neighborhood if you want more of God. I'm amazed. I I love you folks with all my heart. I mean that from deep down. I love you all. Well, thank you, whoever said that. Praise the Lord. Song of Solomon 5, verse 2. I sleep, but my heart is awake. You ever been there? It is the voice of my beloved, the bridegroom, picture of Jesus. He knocks, saying, open for me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is covered with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. I have taken off my robe. This is her reply. How can I put it on again? I have washed my feet. How can I defile them or soil them again? 
she said, it's not an opportune time. Then my beloved put his hand by the latch of the door and my heart yearned for him. I arose to open for my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh, my finger with liquid myrrh on the handles of the locks. When he reached his hands through the door, the perfume that was on his hands got on the locks of the door. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and was gone. My heart leaped up when he spoke and I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchman who went about the city found me. They struck me. They wounded me. The keepers of the wall took my veil away from me. This is a picture of the bridegroom standing at the door, wanting to come in, wanting to be with this bride. Revelations 3.20, Jesus is always the bridegroom. Here's what he says to the church in the earth today. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is calling to his church. If anyone hears my voice, I will open the door. I will come in and dine with him and he with me. I want to preach for a few minutes along these lines. God moves at the speed of hunger. Is there anybody hungry for more? I only want you to praise him if you're hungry for more. I only want you to bless him if you say, God, I'm hungry for more of whatever you have. If that's you, come on and lift him up right now and let him know, let this praise. So Father, we lift up our hands today and we know God that you move at the speed of hunger, not agendas, not programs, not even desire. You move at hunger. So we raise our hands today and we say, Lord, we are hungry for you. Lord, do more. Have your way in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Will you do it? Before you sit down, tell everybody around you, I'm hungry for more. I'm, I'm hungry for more. I was honored, precious, uh, as a young preacher to drive in to Pensacola when the Brownsville Revival was going on. Hundreds of thousands of people were coming in from around the world. It was like nothing I'd ever seen in my life. And now that I have preached and traveled for so many years and done multiple services, I've come to understand the supernatural strength that evangelist Steve Hill and Pastor John Kilpatrick had to have to host that revival night in and night out and be there sometimes till two, three, four o'clock in the morning. There were many times that they would leave with the sun coming up and people just leaving the buildings. And I remember the night that I was there, I heard evangelist Steve Hill say something that has stuck with me. He's the first person I've ever heard say it. Evangelist Steve Hill, he walked around and praying for thousands of people. And I heard him say this, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. Is there anybody here this morning that's like apostle? You don't feel like you've contained all that God has for you? You feel like in this time of revival that the church needs to rise up and say more, Lord? Oh, come on, make an announcement on your row and just say more, Lord. Make an announcement in the overflow and say more, Lord. Make an announcement at your house and say more, Lord. In our text in Revelations 3.20, we find out that Jesus is standing at the door of the church and saying, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If you'll, if you'll open the door, I'll come in and sup with you and you with me. I'll, I'll dine with you. I'm going to ask you again. I don't want to be redundant, but is there anybody here that's hungry for more of God, more of Jesus? And I want to take this thought for a few minutes because I want you to understand that God doesn't move at the speed of agendas. God doesn't move at the speed of programs. God does not move at the speed of service orders. God responds at the speed of hunger. Hunger is different than desire. 
Desire can ebb and flow. But if you're really hungry, you won't be satisfied until that hunger is fulfilled. And in this time of revival and awakening, many of them are finding themselves within the church. You're finding yourself in a fresh place of hunger for the Lord. And here our text is in Revelations 3.20. These two texts out of Song of Solomon and Revelations to me are perfect companion text because Jesus' call is clearly to the church. And he says, here I am standing at the door and knocking. He said, if you'll get up and open the door, if you'll stir yourself, he said, if you'll push yourself, he said, I'll come in and dine with you and you with me. But I want you to understand something here, precious, about the word dine. It's not an ordinary term in the Greek. The idea of dining here with Jesus is not some casual meal. It's more than chicken wings and fries. Come on, somebody. It's as the master comes in, as Jesus comes in, he was offering to share with his loved ones something that Jewish people call the Messiah's feast. The Messiah's feast is a different feast altogether. It's a feast that a certain sect of the Jewish people believe that is shared in honor of the Messiah. But as New Testament believers, we understand that it is provided by the Messiah. The idea here is that God, Jesus, stands at the door and knocks and he wants to come in and have this feast. Now in this feast, they serve something called unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is bread without leaven. In the Bible, leaven represents sin. It represents compromise. And I, I wanna tell you something. In atmospheres of revival, in atmospheres of glory like we've been in, sin is dealt with. People repent. The leaven is removed. Anybody thankful for a church that actually sees salvations week after week, month after month, and year after year? But what I'm seeing in this season is God is taking the leaven out of the church. He's taking the compromise out of the church. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to say, Lord, if there's anything in us, there's anything that grieves you, hurts you, or holds you back from moving the way you want to move. Take the leaven out, Lord, and prepare me for what you want to do in my life. If that's you, come on and give God a praise right now. But when the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt, if you remember the story, the Lord said, I want you to make bread without leaven in it. And what leaven actually is, is yeast. And yeast is what causes bread to rise. And the picture is powerful here. It's powerful here because the Lord was saying, I'm gonna set you free from Egypt's bondage so quickly. I'm gonna set you free so speedily that there won't even be time for your bread to rise. He said, what I'm about to do is a thing that is going to be so accelerated that you won't even have time for your bread to rise. One moment you'll be bound, the next moment you'll be free. One moment you'll be sick, the next moment you'll be well. One moment you'll be in despair, the next moment there will be joy. One moment you'll be addicted, the next moment you will be delivered. God said, I'm about to come in and I'm going to shift the atmosphere. And he said, but I'm not going to do it slowly, I'm going to do it quickly. See, when God's people begin to hunger for him, when we invite him in and we begin to partake of Messiah's feast, Messiah comes in and everything accelerates. 
I don't know about you, but I'm beginning to see in the earth God is accelerating things in the church. I'm looking at Gen Z. I'm looking at the that, that this was the crown jewel of the enemy's kingdom. This The enemy was so glad that he held Gen Z in a vice and had deceived an entire generation. But I'm looking now across the nation and what is fueling this revival is Gen Z is getting hungry for the things of God. It's a time of acceleration. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, acceleration. When revival comes, acceleration comes. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. One of the things that's marking the move of God today is that things are happening quickly. People are getting delivered quickly. People are getting saved quickly. People are getting healed quickly. People are getting blessed quickly. People are getting revived quickly. I've never seen anything like it. I've seen people healed on this stage that had conditions since birth. I saw a young lady with dyslexia last Sunday night had this condition since birth and God healed her on the stage. Come on somebody. I'm seeing miracles happen quickly and I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I feel like I need to tell somebody in the house that it is time for your faith to rise in this atmosphere of revival and expect things to begin to accelerate in your situation. God is moving quickly. I need somebody that ain't ashamed to praise the Lord. God said, I'm about to deliver people who've been bound for decades. God said, I'm about to deliver people who've been bound for decades, who've been in sin for decades, who've been lost for decades. God said, I'm gonna turn their life on a dime because that's what revival does. Things happen quickly. See, the reality is we are enjoying Messiah's feast in this house and we are hungry for more. And understand that God moves at the speed of hunger. The hungrier you are, the faster God moves. The more desperation you have, the faster God moves. So is there anybody here today that's hungry with apostle. If you're hungry for revival, open up your mouth and give God a praise right now. Now watch, I'm trying to unpack. This is not a snack pack. Come on somebody. I, I'm, I'm cooking filet mignon. How many of y'all came to get some meat today? If you came for a yogurt cup, you're in the wrong service. Come on, somebody. My wife loves yogurt cups. Pray for her. There, there were four cups of wine that were served in this Messiah's feast. And it's very significant among the Jewish people because the four cups of wine point to the four promises that God made the Jewish people in Exodus. Exodus 6, 6 through 8, I will bring you out, number one, I will bring you out from under the yoke of bondage. So number one, the promise is I will bring you out. And then he said, number two, I will free you from slavery. And then he said, number three, I will redeem you and take you and buy you as my very own. And then number four, he said, I will, I will bring you to the land that I promise you. I will fulfill my promises. I will do what I said that I would do. All this occurs at Messiah's feast. All this happens in atmospheres of revival. First, he said, I will bring you out from the yoke of bondage. See, when Messiah comes in, honey, yokes of bondage are broken. When Messiah comes in, yokes of sexual bondage are broken. Yokes of sin bondage are broken. 
Yokes of slavery bondage are broken. Yokes of sickness bondage are broken. The stuff from your past that torments you and tries to hold you out of the good things of today. God said, when I come in, when I come into place, I bring you out from the yoke of bondage. Now, now maybe you can't praise him, but there's somebody in the room who understands right where I am because you remember when you used to be yoked up, bound up, jacked up, but didn't he come and take you out from underneath the yoke of bondage? I need somebody who used to be bound by alcohol. Wave at me right now. Look around, look here, dozens of people. Somebody give God a praise that he set people free from alcohol. Who used to be bound by drug addiction? Wave at me, oh my Jesus, scores of people. I need somebody right now who believes that in atmospheres of revival, yokes are destroyed. I hear the Lord say, I'm breaking yokes of depression right now. I hear the Lord say, I'm breaking yokes of anxiety right now. I hear the Lord say, I'm breaking yokes of fear right now. I hear the Lord say, I'm I'm breaking yokes of worry right now. Somebody give him praise that the yoke breaker is in the house. Every time you're Yoke gets broken. The devil gets yoked up. I, I, I don't know where this came from. Everybody point down at the devil because he's under your feet. And say, hey devil, the yoke's on you. Can I get a witness in this house? It used to be on me, but now it's on you because you have no power to destroy my life anymore. You have no power to yoke me up anymore. Who the sun sets free. It's free indeed. Then he said, I will bring you out from slavery. In other words, what used to grip you, hold you, can't hold you anymore. What you used to serve, you don't serve anymore. What used to control you doesn't control you anymore. Some of us in this last season have been delivered from the opinions of people. Help me, Holy Ghost. I said some of us have been delivered from the opinions of people. We've stopped worrying about what folks say about our radical pursuit of God. We've stopped worrying about what folks think of our worship, our praise, because we have been absolutely set free. I look back in my life, man, and there were times that I was enslaved even to people in the ministry. I look back in my life and there were times I was enslaved to mentality and wrong thinking, but I just need somebody right now. If God has freed you from anything, why don't you stop and praise him for it? If he's freed you from wrong thinking, if he's freed you from addiction, if he's freed you from something you used to serve, but you don't serve it anymore. Hallelujah. I feel good about it. (laughs) Anybody feel good that you've been set free from slavery? In other words, what once bound you loses its grip at Messiah's feast. Because we're having, that's what revival is. It's Messiah's feast. Folks get delivered in times of revival. Who's hungry? Thirdly, the Bible declares, I'll redeem you. Apostle, what does redeem mean? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Redeem means to buy back. It means to be free from what distresses or harms. It means to be free from the consequences of sin. Uh, That right there is rejoicing stuff because I'm not just free from sin, I'm free from the consequences 
of sin. That means sin has no power over my life today or not another day in the future. But it also means to be free from captivity because a payment has been made. You couldn't negotiate yourself out. You couldn't buy your way out. You couldn't be religious enough to get out. You couldn't be gifted enough or good enough to get out. But Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Come on, old folks, some of y'all know that. How many of you are glad that Jesus paid it all? Some of y'all are trying hard to get what you've already got. Some of y'all been breaking your neck trying to get what's already been provided. If I can just be good enough, if I can just be, if I read my Bible enough, if I, if I come to church and I act this certain way, then I'll really be free. Honey, there ain't one thing that you can do that will make you more free than you already are because the blood of Jesus has liberated you. You've had every price paid that you... So what your praise is, your praise is not you delivering yourself. Your praise is a response that I have been set free. So I've got to praise him because he did what I couldn't do for myself. Y'all, I'm trying to teach the word, but I feel a little preaching getting on me right now. I need you to tell somebody on your road, say neighbor, I got to praise the Lord because I know that I'm free. I know that I'm redeemed and I'm gonna praise him like I'm redeemed. Now somebody praise him like you are. Excuse me if I, if I dance a little bit. Excuse me if I keep standing up when everybody else is sitting down. Excuse me if I holler once in a while. Excuse me if I just if I just can't contain myself. You don't know what he bought me out of. You don't know what he did for me. You don't know how far I've come. You don't understand how long my nights have been. You don't know what I should have been, but what I am is because he redeemed me. So pardon me while I praise him. Forgive me while I praise him because I ain't praising for you. Jesus did it. He redeemed me. Hey, I feel a praise in here. So he said, I'll redeem you. But then the fourth thing in that text, he said, I'm gonna bring you into the land. I didn't set you free to leave you in the desert. I'm gonna bring you into the land that I promised you. He said, I'm about to bring you into the promises that I made for you. When you get at Messiah's feast, when you begin to get in atmospheres of revival, the promises of God begin to be fulfilled. That, how many of you believe healing is a promise? I said, how many of you believe deliverance is a promise? Salvation is a promise. Come on, power is a promise. Joy is a promise. Your family is a promise. Direction is a promise. Victory is a promise. Are you ready for this? Prosperity is a promise. Somebody give God a praise if you believe that. Mm. Come on now. If, if we believe that precious, we are eating at Messiah's table. We're sitting with Messiah. Just look at Messiah and say, I'd like a big bowl of healing. Can, 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 you, can you give me a plate of salvation? 
Would you give me a, a, how about this? Will you give me an absolute pot of victory? Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm ready. Is there anybody ready? If you can sit at the table and eat whatever you want, I challenge you right now to believe that God is able to fulfill every promise that he ever made you. You say, well, apostle, how do I know that he'll fulfill these promises that he's made me? All you need to do is hit the rewind button and look at what he's already done. And then when you see what he's already done, some of y'all, you remind yourself, God, if you did that, then this ain't gonna be nothing for you. If you touched me here, if you made a way here, then I believe that this is going to be no big deal for you. So if you wanna sit at Messiah's table and see his promises fulfilled in this time of revival, let's praise the Lord and thank him for it right now. Come on, come on. Who wants to go a little deeper with me? Let's try to comprehend and understand Precious, what it means to be hungry at Messiah's table, to hunger for God and hunger for the things of God. Because I've told you this, hunger is different than desire. You can desire something one minute and it's a passing fancy the next. But when you really get hungry, it's different. Watch this. Hunger is an active state. It's a gnawing ache on the inside of you that will not be satisfied until it's filled. Now watch, you can tell a lot about about somebody by paying attention to what they're hungry for. Yes, preach apostle. At Messiah's feast, in atmospheres of revival, truthfully, some are hungry and some ain't. In atmospheres of revival, some receive, some don't. Some eat and some don't. Why? Because they're hungry for other things. So atmospheres like this Don't do for them what it does for you. But see, when your spirit man gets hungry, I said, when your spirit man gets hungry, when something inside of you said, listen, I got to get to church. I got to get in the room. I don't know what I'm going to miss if I'm not there. I'm hungry. You want to go to Red Lobster tonight? I don't want to go to Popeye's. I got to go to church. Come on, somebody. Hungry people show up at church. You hear me in this room. When your spirit man is hungry and you try to feed it with other things, that spirit man doesn't get satisfied. It's like trying to feed your body cotton candy. How many of you have ever gotten this big thing of cotton candy at the fair? And you think, man, it's going to take a lot to eat that. And you put it in your mouth. And before you could even get it in your stomach, it's already disappeared and it won't satisfy you. Reality is you eat enough of it, it'll probably kill you. Can I get a witness? There's some, see we got cotton candy Christians. We got cotton candy believers. They want a cotton candy word and they want a cotton candy worship service. Don't go too deep. Don't give me too much meat. Give me something I can eat quick in 10 minutes and get out of here. Give me a 55 minute service. Put me in, put me out, put me on the road. But there are some people in the room today that if you got a chance to sit at Messiah's feast, let me worship, let me praise, give me the word. I'm hungry. If you're hungry, open up your mouth and give God a praise. Y'all want a cotton candy preacher? No, sir. Never have been, never will be. 
Now, now here's the truth, y'all. During revival, we feast. Watch this. Our spirit man is hungry. Our soul man gets healthy. We're spirit, soul, and flesh. That soul is your mind, will, and emotions. It's that part of you that is eternal. Understand this. When you got saved, you didn't say, well, I, 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 I got my spirit saved. You didn't say, I got my body saved. You say, Jesus saved my soul. Hmm. And see, there's a war that's going on inside of you between your flesh and your spirit. And to the champion goes the ultimate prize. And that's your eternal soul. So what happens when you feed your spirit, man? Your soul gets healthier. When you feed, when you worship, your soul gets healthier. Let me tell you, I believe all of hell is panicking right now because there are people that are rising up and they are, Psalms 34, 8, they are tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. So let me tell you what hunger is. A few things about hunger. Number one, hunger is a sign of need. When you're hungry in, the, in your body, your body is telling you something. Your body's saying it's been too long since you had your last meal. There's a vacancy inside of you. There's a void that's gotta be filled. And at Messiah's table, in atmospheres of revival, suddenly, precious, we realize we need the Lord. And it's a new awareness. It's a gnawing inside of us. And in that gnawing, watch this now, young person. Money can't fill it. Drugs can't fill it. Alcohol can't fill it. Sexual encounters can't fill it. A new car can't fill it. A new outfit can't fill it. A different color hair can't fill it. Stuff can't fill it. Worldly pleasures can't fill it. It's not until you get in the presence of the Lord and have an encounter with Messiah. That's when it is satisfied. Hunger is a sign of need. Is there anybody that needs more of the Lord? If you need him, give him praise right now. Oh, I need him. I need him, I need him, I need him, I need him. I praise him because I need him. I worship him because I need him. I pray because I need him. I come to church because I need him. I seek him because I need him. I can't live without him. I don't wanna do this without him. I'm in, I can't do a thing without him. I've got to have him. I'm weak without him. I'm worn without him. I'm vulnerable without him. Listen, I need him. Is there anybody? here that needs the Lord. If you need him, give him praise right now. <sighs> hunger is a sign of need, but number two, precious, hunger is a sign of life. Dead people ain't hungry. Hunger is a sign of life. How you know, apostle? Because nobody teaches a newborn baby how to be hungry. You don't have to mentor a baby and show him how, well, this is how you're hungry. No, that baby comes out hungry. That baby comes out ready to eat. That baby will let you know in the middle of the night, I'm hungry and I'm ready to eat. You see, where there is life, there is hunger. And I don't wanna be a part of a dead church filled with dead people going through dead religious movements that are not hungry. Where there is life, there is hunger. You say, Apostle, why do y'all worship so long at Calvary? Because we're hungry. Why do you give altar calls? Because we're hungry. Why do you pray? Because we're hungry. Because we're alive. I want all the alive people to give God a praise right now. Hunger is a sign of life. Watch this, precious. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6 on the Mount of Beatitudes, blessed, what does that mean? Happy, 
well favored and to be envied are the hungry. Some of y'all know what it is to not just be hungry, you hungry. You've been hungry. You are so hungry that you bypass hungry and you almost get angry and you get hangry. Can I get a witness? See, there comes a point where you say, my, my hunger is after righteousness. Watch this now. Blessed, are, blessed, happy, well-favored, and to be ended are those who hunger after what? Righteousness. The Bible said they shall be filled. Can I give you just a quick update about being hungry? It literally means happy are the hungry. And the truth is, the flesh is never going to be hungry for righteousness. Your flesh will never be hungry for revival. Your flesh ain't going to want to pray. Your flesh is not going to want to worship. Your flesh is like, you know, today I can just lay in the bed. I don't need to go to church. But when you get hungry, there is no stopping you. If you're hungry in the room today, thank God that you're hungry. Next, hunger is a sign of health. <laughs> hunger is a sign of health. Some of us are healthier than others. Come on. I'm hungry a lot. I wish I wasn't, but I am. I, I like to eat. I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to eat right now. If you had a chicken wing and a little little blue cheese, I'd show you. I'm ready to eat right now. That's you, y'all. Y'all like me. Y'all ready to eat right now. If you had a Snickers in your purse, you would probably break off a piece right now and eat it right in the middle of church. You know why? Because hungry people act differently than other folks. Eh? Hungry people receive differently than other folks. Oh, listen, I've been preaching a long time and I don't like to preach to folk who ain't hungry because they just look at me. But what I love about Calvary is this is a hungry house. Somebody declare this after me. Say, Lord, I don't just want to be hungry. Make me hungry for the right things. Somebody give God praise that he's making you hungry for the right things. Many in the church, see, here, here's why I think hell is panicking. Because many in the church have lost their spiritual appetite. But the enemy is panicking because the church is getting hungry again. There's a hunger that's sweeping the land. I'm seeing churches get hungry. Uh, young people get hungry. I told you last week, it wasn't it almost comical how the enemy made such a horrible spectacle of himself at the Grammys. I told you I didn't watch it because I'm saved. Come on, somebody. It was nasty. That's what I was told. There was a five-minute worship service, literally to the devil. Five minutes. CBS commented and said, we can't wait to worship with you. And it was literally demonic for five minutes. Five minutes. Three days later, at Asbury University, the Lord said, let me show you what a real worship service is. And that worship has been going on and I'm telling you, it's a hunger that is taking a generation. I want all the hungry people to give God praise. Come on, if you're getting hungry again, give God praise. Uh, I'm telling you, I've been preaching for 30, a long time. And I want you to know 
that I've always tried to stay hungry, but I'm hungrier right now than I've ever been at 59. I'm hungrier than I've ever been. I just want to hear from the hungry people in the house. It's getting extreme. It's going to another level. It's rising higher and higher and higher. You say, Apostle, what is that? That's extreme hunger. And you know what extreme hunger is? Extreme hunger can be a sign of pregnancy. Hallelujah. It's a sign that I'm getting ready to birth something. It's a sign that I'm getting ready to deliver something. There are some of you right now. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, excuse me. I'm hungry and I'm eating for two. I'm not just eating for this season. I'm eating for the next season. I'm not just eating for now. I'm eating for later. I'm not just eating for me. I'm eating for my children. I'm not just eating for me. I'm eating for my family. I want all the pregnant folk to give God a shout of praise right now. Hey, when you're hungry, your cravings change. When you're hungry, you want stuff you didn't used to want. When you're hungry, your cravings begin to manifest. And the woman that's hungry has got to have what she's craving. There's some of you here today, you've been craving a new anointing. You've been craving an outpouring. You've been craving the glory. You've been craving power. Somebody give God praise if you're hungry. <sighs> Yay. Hallelujah. Make an announcement to everybody in your neighborhood. Say, neighbor, revival seasons lead to birthing seasons. Now give God praise that you're gonna birth some things. God moves at the speed of hunger. All the hungry people make a little noise. Hungry people act a little different. They pray a little different. Let me mess you up. They give a little different. They, they praise a little different because they're hungry. When, when I'm really hungry and I go to a restaurant, I see somebody parking. I pull to the door. I say, don't get out. You got to be dumb people. And I always, I always hate it when I get to the door with them because I'm so polite, I'm going to hold the door open for them. But in reality, I want to step in front of them and say, Grandmother, you on your own. I'm going to get some, some, some of y'all, y'all know y'all race people to the restaurant when you see them in the parking lot. Somebody wave at Apostle if I'm preaching to real people. You ever do that? I race you today if you go to my restaurant. Can you imagine? Jesus is at the door. What's amazed me, I heard Pastor Josh close with this text. Behold, I stand at the door. And I knock. And if you'll inconvenience yourself and get up, come to the door. I have Messiah's feast. I'll come in. Now let's circle back. The text said, I slept 
in Song of Solomon 5.2. I slept, but my heart was awake. Listen. Listen. My beloved is knocking. Here's what he said. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. Open. My head is drenched with the dew. My hair with the dampness of the night. Here's the response. I have taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? I have washed my feet. Must I soil them again? This is not convenient. I'm in bed. I'm resting, I'm reclining, I'm relaxing. Took off my robe, washed my feet. I don't want to get my feet dirty again. He wants in so badly that the Bible said he put his hand through the door. His hands are dripping with perfume. Can you see it? He gets a hold of the bolt of the door and he wants in to be with the bride. She lays there and finally her heart begins to beat for him. And when she decides she's ready to let him in, the Bible said her heart pounded. Oh, I'll go see him now. I'm ready. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll connect with him on my terms. I'll get to him on my terms. That's where people make a mistake. People think they're going to get saved on their terms. Let me tell you something. You don't come to, you don't come to God on your terms. You don't come to Jesus on your terms. The Bible said no man comes to the Father except he's drawn by the Spirit. If you're in an atmosphere like this and the Spirit draws you to Jesus and you don't respond, if he never draws you again, you'll never make it to heaven. heart is pounding within her she gets up to go to the door and the sad news is her hesitation cost her I rose to open for my beloved and my hands drip with myrrh my fingers with flowing myrrh on the handles of the boat I opened for my beloved but my beloved had left he was gone My heart sank at his departure. I looked for him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. By the time she got to the door, all that was there was the residue of where he had been, the fragrance of where he had been. I never, ever, want to find myself living where Jesus was and not where Jesus is. Uh. Stand up. Stand up. Nobody move out if you can bear with us for a moment. She said, my heart sank. I looked for him, but I did not find him. My heart sank at his departure. I called him, but he did not answer. And what did she do? She went out to find him. But she said, I'm going to find him my own way. There are all kinds of people nowadays who say, I'm going to find Jesus my own way. 
I'll find him through transcendental meditation. I'll find him through my own opinions of what's true about the Bible and what's not true. Come on, somebody. I'll find him going down the path of the Hindus. I'll find him going down the path of secular humanism. I'll find him going my own way of goodness. But no, you don't find the Lord on your terms. You have to find him on his. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's people here today, you're searching. Man, you're looking. You're trying to find. If I could just find peace, if I could just find hope, if I could find purpose, if I could just find it, if I could just find it. And you don't realize that he's standing at the door and he's knocking today and everything that you need will be found if you'll open the door and let him in. She said, I went out. I was going to find him on my terms. I was going to find him my way. While I was looking, verse 7, the watchmen, they found me as they made their rounds about the city. In the city, they beat me. They bruised me. They took away my cloak, my covering. Those watchmen's on the wall. And let me tell you, there's nothing out there that can save you. The Redeemer is in the room today. Messiah's feast is in the house today. And in times of revival, I'm telling you, you need to respond. Messiah's at the door. Messiah's at the door. And he's knocking today. He's knocking today. Oh, I've taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? He's knocking today. I've taken off my shoes. I've washed my feet. Must I put them on again? Oh, I want to tell you something. Yes, you should. Whatever it takes to press into revival, you ought to do it right now. Somebody say this. Say, Messiah, come in now. I am hungry to feast at your table. I don't know what this next season is going to look like. I don't know. All I know is I'm hungry. I don't know. All I know is I'm hungry. Tonight at 6 p.m., We're just going to gather here as hungry people. I've been amazed. Miracles are manifesting everywhere we turn. But it's happening for the hungry. We're going to have not child care. We have a whole lot more in child care. Your children are encountering the glory of the Lord on Sunday nights. And I can promise you, precious, Messiah's feast will be in the room tonight at 6 o'clock. Now, I'm going to love you no matter what. I wish, if I could, I'd come to your house and get you. But the truth is, if you want to come, I want you to come. I'm just inviting you to come because we're hungry. Now, here it is. Open the door. My, my, my sister, my dove, my beloved, my flawless one. I want to come in. Somebody here today, you've been searching. You've been looking. But you're not being fulfilled. Everything would shift in your life if you would open the door and let Messiah in. Everything you need would be satisfied because he'll bring his feast to the table. So with heads bowed and eyes closed and no one moving for a moment, no one looking around, 
If you're in the room and you'd say, Apostle, I'm, I'm hearing that knocking today. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Remember now, God moves at the speed of hunger. Apostle, I want to make sure that if he's at the door, that I open it wide for him. If you're here today and there's things in your life that alienate you, separate you from God, if there's sin in your life, if you know that maybe you're not ready and you're feeling the drawing, you would say, Apostle, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord, so when you pray, pray for me. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, here by live stream around the world, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Pray for me, Apostle, I'm not where I need to be. One. Apostle, in this atmosphere, if he's knocking, I want to open the door. Two, hands are already being raised. Apostle, I need to let him in. Three, slip up that hand right now. I've got to get things right today with Jesus. If he's knocking at the door, I want to open it. I don't want to try to find, I don't want to try to get a hold of him my own way. I, I need him. Come on, I'm going to lend you five more seconds. Hands in every section, hands up in the stadium seat, and hands online, I'm sure. Say, Apostle, I'm not where I need to be. Raise your hand. Hold it up and keep it up. If you raise it, keep it up. I'll lend you five more seconds. Pray for me, Apostle. Five. I need to get right today. Four. I want to I I give it to Jesus today. Three. I want to open the door for him today. Two. I want to let him in today. One. Now, if that's you and you raised your hand and you're really, you want to see change in your life and you want to open the door for Messiah, I want you to come right here to the front and let me pray with you. I promise you won't come by yourself. If somebody next to you raised their hand, scoot back so they can come. If they don't want to come by themselves, you get them by the hand and you bring them. But I bet if you'll rejoice, people will come. Come on, this is the last few minutes. You by live stream, don't miss it. Sing. Come on, as people are coming, they're coming from the balconies now. Y'all look at the scores of people that are coming. Give God some praise. There's no revival. There's no revival Oh, here they come. There's no revival. There's no revival without you. You are the fire that consumes. You are the fire that consumes. More than a move, I just want you. There's no revival without you. Somebody raise your hands and sing. There's no revival. There's no revival without you. You are the fire that consumes. More than a move, I just want you. I'm going to ask everybody that I, I want everybody to stop moving right now. I don't want one more person to walk out while somebody's walking up to this aisle to give their hearts to Jesus. Not one more. Now, if I can't correct you, I'm not much of an apostle. But we don't file out while people are getting saved. We don't do that here. That's not who we are. That's not who we are. Now, There's nothing more important in this moment right here. So hand over your heart, raise your other hand. Everybody in the room, pray this prayer after me. Pray it loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. I hear you at the door. You're knocking. And I want to say, come on in. Take my heart, wash it clean in your precious blood. Make me over again. Make me brand new. I need to eat Messiah's feast. I receive you now as my very own. I love you and I surrender. Thank you that you made me hungry for you.
today. Everybody stretch your hands toward these altar workers. Shift on out and begin to pray with them, but stretch your hands toward them right now. Now we're going to start the service tonight at 6 o'clock. I'm going to tell you that miracles are going to be in the house. I'm going to tell you signs and wonders. I've never seen anything like it in all my years of ministry. I'd love for, I'd love for you to come at 6. We'll be online at 6 o'clock tonight. If you prayed the sinner's prayer online, if you'll just put salvation in, we'll reach out to you. I believe God saved many online. Stretch your hands toward these now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for all these who gave their hearts to you. We pray, God, that you will bless them, anoint them, use them. I pray, God, that you will keep them. I pray, God, that this would be a decision that will change their lives forever. Thank you, God. We bless your name. Anybody who's hungry for revival, give God a praise. If you're my special guest, stop by in the back and I'll shake your hand at Guest Central. I love you. Hope to see many of you tonight, 6 o'clock. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can visit calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.